Letters from a Glass House is a not-for-profit ministry of the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Venice, Florida. Support us today at UUCOV.org. Age seven. Hello. Um, no, I don't want to talk about our Lord and Savior, but I'm sure I'll take a comic book. <laughs> Mom, this comic book says I'm going to hell. Age 14. Oh, hey, that's Lisa. She's in my class. Hi, Lisa. She just had a baby, and he's so... What What do you mean she's going to hell? Age 21. Hey, would you sign my petition? What about you? We're trying to get the school to put in an interfaith prayer room. See, right now, the Muslim and Buddhist and Jewish students have nowhere to hold services. What about, what about you? Hey, what about, well, no, why, why would they go to hell? Age 54. Excuse me, did you just tell me I'm going to hell? <laughs> well, alrighty then, at least I'll know people when I get there. <laughs> You know, the idea of a hell or hells which wait for sinners and miscreants is common across a whole bunch of religions and cultures. And hells can range from cities of the dead going about their normal afterlives to places of eternal pain and terror and torment to waiting rooms of some kind where some sort of divine judgment happens. Now, in the U.S. today, there are some pretty specific theological ideas about hell and a more casual social interpretation, which has sort of eased its way into our consciousness. It's hot, right? And uh, red, maybe black. It's got smoke and a devil. If you watch movies and, and children's shows, he's the big guy with the horns, maybe some little cloven feet or something. It's a red cape if you get fancy. And if you watch modern TV, uh, he's also on a police procedural. I highly recommend the show Lucifer. <laughs> Would have horrified our ancestors. Now, in the 1700s here in the U.S., hell terrified people. Christianity taught that if you committed a sin and died before you could repent, you were going straight down to some kind of eternal torment. So you get hit by a wagon while you're skipping church, right down. <laughs> Divorce, down. Steal food to feed your starving family, right down. Even unbaptized babies weren't safe. The theology at the time said that if an infant died because humans were born in some kind of original sin, right down. But fortunately for us, both our Unitarian and our Universalist ancestors disagreed. 
Thomas Appleton said, the Universalists thought that God was too good to damn them forever, and the Unitarians thought that they were too good to be damned forever. (laughs) Now, in 1741, there was a Calvinist preacher that some of you may have heard about in history classes, Jonathan Edwards, And he wrote a fire-breathing sermon called Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. And it listed all the reasons why people should fear the divine. It detailed, detailed holy retribution in loving detail. This was the horror movie series of the time. Reading it, I'm always reminded of a quote from Voltaire, which said, God created man in his own image, and being man, and being a gentleman, he returned the favor. That God is absolutely terrifying, and that image of eternal damnation is horrific. And these types of sermons and stories about a hateful, wrathful, jealous, easily wounded wussy of a deity... They tell us more about the institutions and the control issues and the prejudices of the writers than they do about any sort of divine being. In 1770, Universalist John Murray started preaching about universal salvation, and it changed lives. Preachers and pastors controlled lives by telling people, you do as you're told or you're going to hell. And now there was another story that said, wait a minute, no, you're not. You're beloved exactly as you are. Murray said, give the people blanketed with a decaying and crumbling Calvinism something of your new vision. Give them not hell, but hope and courage. Don't push them deeper into theological despair, but preach the kindness and everlasting love of God. About 10 years later, the man who would grow up to become Universalist Minister Hosea Ballou stood covered in mud telling his father that God loved all people, even those who were a little muddy. By 1800, Universalism was established, and Universalists were fighting the fear of hell with a message that people were born into love. Can you imagine what that was like for folks at the time? These people have been getting terrified week after week after week that you're born bad, you're born broken, you're born dirty. And all of a sudden there were pastors saying, no, you are not. You are born loved. Over 200 years later, we're the inheritors of that basic message. Now, over the centuries, our call has evolved Very few people live their lives in fear of God. And the idea of hell gets examined more in movies than it does in many of our lives. And we've moved from a message of simple universal salvation to a call for our times, a call to love the hell out of the world, not a hell of sulfur and brimstone not a hell of devils and demons, but a hell of isolation and loneliness and violence and war, 
terrorism, prejudice, poverty, addiction, distrust, injustice. Begin with the rejection of eternal damnation and original sin. Most of us have already done that. Love the hell out of the world by refusing to accept that anyone, anyone is so muddy that they can never be made clean. No one is ruined beyond redemption and cast out into some kind of outer darkness. Now, this is a bold statement in a world where we have some pretty awful people. It doesn't mean that we want to reward or approve of bad behavior. It means that you begin by granting others dignity and humanity and self-worth, and you commit to restorative justice rather than vengeance. There are some awfully bad people who will never choose to do better. Our job is to grant that they, they might, that they might, that there will always be hope. There's almost no way to be a UU and to believe that someone is going to hell for all eternity <coughs> or that someone should be punished for all eternity. That there's no hope, whatever. It would be very hard to do. In a time when all sides of the political and religious world are tarring their opposites as the worst kind of sinners, you're called to remember that sometimes you have to take a stand when churches or groups use religion to cause fear, use God as a stick to beat people. Our faith calls us to fight back using love to cast out hate. Reverend Josh Pollock, in a blog titled Speechless in the Face of Evil, said, Our liberal, unitarian, universalist, positive view of human nature as loving, compassionate, generous, <coughs> caring, and self-actualizing, though it may not present the whole picture, is no lightweight, naive, sheltered theology. It's a life-saving, life-giving, life-enhancing religious response to those the theologies that drive arbitrary wedges between people. Those religions that seek to frighten people into faith and that teach people that their inherent sinfulness rather than their beauty, worth, and potential. If the price of such a faith is speechlessness in the face of evil, then so be it. It may be just what is needed, so may we find power in the midst of our speechlessness. And may our faith lead us to action, action that loves the hell out of the world. Tom Earthman says that as Unitarian Universalists, we need to struggle to love the hell out of the world because when we do, love becomes a new kind of battlefield. And we become fighters in a sort of war against hate and fear and ignorance. It gets us hurt to open our hearts to others. We really do share the pain of those who are suffering. We need to focus on healing people, however large or small their hurts, and sending them back into the world to share the love. But fighting against oppressive beliefs which try to cow and terrify human beings into doing things for fear of the divine, that's only loving the hell out of the world. The other piece is loving the hell out of the world. Loving the world deeply and madly and wildly. 
I've said before, love every minute of your sensual life. Embrace the planet that you walk on. Love the living things you walk with. Loving the hell out of the world means living without carefully constructed boundaries and walls. It means living without a lot of the protective padding. Love with passion. Love with a giddy, almost crazy love that you knew when you were 17 and finding out for the first time the things that made you tick. Love the way that you felt when you discovered sex or dance or a painting that stopped your breath and almost stopped your heart. Lay down in the grass and smell the leaves. Go dancing at the Moose Lodge. (laughs) Visit a food festival and enjoy every bite. Feel rain on your face. Eat the chocolate slowly. Sip beer. Sit on the beach on Wednesday with a circle of friends. Be who you are out loud. Admit the love and the joy and the pain that make up your days. And let them run and trickle and flow from you until they fill you up and break you down. Until your walls crack open and your broken places let the light shine through. Watch the movies that make you ugly cry. Read the poems that make something in your chest swell until you swallow again and again. Let yourself be loved. Risk giving until you can be hurt to the heart. Feel what it feels like to love that completely and that deeply. A partner, a child, a puppy, a book. It feels wonderful and terrible and electrifying. Be present in every moment because you will die and too soon, so why deprive yourself of all that you can feel? Open your heart to the world. Risk loving because you can and you must. Love as a gift, not a business deal. Wildly, deeply. Love is not currency. Don't count what you will get in return. I don't love you because... I love you because I couldn't breathe if I don't. I love you because you are breathing. I love you because it's a miracle we're occupying the time and space together and you are a miracle. See the miracle in every candle flame, every tennis shoe on the foot of every 15-year-old boy, every color of a rainbow, every color of a tattoo. Love it all because the good and the bad are part of the same miracle and you are in the middle of it experiencing a miracle. Loving the hell out of the world means opening our eyes, but the eyes of our soul. Tearing the blinders off of our heart, opening ourselves to experiencing the pain of the world along with the joy to seeing all that is wrong and broken and bent and twisted. Because when we feel it, when we let ourselves see it, we can see a path forward. If we can smell the grass and feel the rain and see the miracle, then we can also see the hurt and feel the wounds and see how to help. We're armed for a terrible battle, but your armor can't be complete. Your beating heart has to be exposed.
Their beats call home the lost and the forsaken because we are love made human. We can't turn away from the task. We can't push away the cup. It's ours. Love yourself with all of your heart. Love your neighbor as much as you love yourself and love your life. Love life. Love the hell out of the world. Amen.